Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Jeremy Moore, and I'd like to welcome you all to tonight's uh, More Success Team Zoom call. Uh, what an exciting call. Brand new month uh, brings brand new possibilities for each and every one of us. We get to reset our goals and uh, really strive for some phenomenal things. I want to commend you guys for having an absolutely remarkable uh, month of August. You guys are just flat out crushing it on the production side. And um, I just want to encourage you guys to keep um, keep your foot down to keep expanding the opportunity. And we got just a handful of days to uh, take advantage of, of the first incentive of the month, which is the PC push, you know, Thursday. I mean, Thursday is an incredible milestone day uh, in Legal Shield and in, in our household. Uh, but I'm going to focus on the Legal Shield part of it. Um, uh, and that's PC push ends at 12 midnight. Uh, and so there's not a person that is that is joined or is joining right now that can't position yourself to take advantage of that extra, extra incentive money that's on the table by, you know, uh, uh, $60 in premium plus one recruit or $120 plus a recruit or $240 plus two recruits between now and Thursday midnight Central Standard Time. Get that done and put an extra $100, $200 in bonus money. Others people I see on the Zoom tonight that have already accomplished that. And I say congratulations to you guys. My challenge to you that have already accomplished a little bit of that money, go to that next level, number one, and number two, help two people on your team between now and Thursday get that done, all right? Because uh, that, that just uh, positions you guys for, for everything else this month. And I uh, don't want to get into all that because we've got a little bit of recognition we get to get done. And I'm excited uh, to hear our training and our spotlight, our brand new spotlight, uh, millionaire club member, executive director, ring earner, um, they were going to announce here in just a moment, but uh, uh, another newsletter came out and they closed the, the start of the month off strong and premium were well represented. Uh, number 22 in all of Legal Shield last week uh, from the great state of Alabama, uh, Mr. Jimmy Parrish. So congratulations, Jimmy. Um, number 14 out of the great state of Georgia, Cheryl Ann Degata. Congratulations, Cheryl Ann. Uh, number 11. 11th place in all legal shield. Once again, 13 consecutive weeks in a row out of the state of Utah, brand new associate uh, in her fifth month, Miss Nicole Ramali. Once again, guys, you talk about the epitome of consistency, 13 consecutive weeks only being in the business. Uh, this is her fifth month. That's, that's remarkable. Uh, congratulations, Nicole. And in ninth place out of the great state of Florida, uh, David and Debbie Frack. So congratulations, Frack, uh, on, a, on a job well done. Way to represent last week. Um, but we've got a lot to get to tonight. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step back. And, and I hope you all had time over the weekend to watch on our More Success Team Facebook page uh, the introduction of our brand new spotlight executive directors. You know, last month, uh, the Riosas, they absolutely crushed it. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, the month before that, the Wands just killed it. Uh, but before that, the Wilsons and the, um, and the Halls and the San Diego's. But it's my honor to introduce uh, our spotlight executive director, millionaire club member, $250,000 ring earner, uh, from the great state of Alabama, my good friend, Mr. Jimmy Parrish. Congratulations and welcome, Jimmy. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I hope you can hear me okay. Loud and clear. Great. I was honored uh, to hear from you several weeks ago about this uh, 
invitation and uh, Sherry and I accept that and glad that we were able to post the video before we headed out to keep some grandkids for the weekend. So if I appear a little sleepy, I am, but uh, that doesn't take away from what I want to try to get across to you guys tonight. Uh, and that is, uh, I just, uh, many of you hear my name, you think solutions, and that's good because my background is in solutions, uh, uh, 21 and a half years, primarily focusing on that side of the, the aisle, so to speak. Uh, uh, sold almost 19,000 personal memberships, recruited several hundred individuals. Uh, but uh, this, this company has given us a lifestyle that we just could not have dreamed of when we first got into the company in 1999. And so when we were thinking about what we could talk about on this particular call, not the solutions call, but on the networking call, you know, the thing that kept coming to my mind was, uh, you know, how Legal Shield helped me find my purpose. And so I know we've got different individuals that are coming at this, uh, 20 years, 30 years, some uh, uh, 10, 15, some just a few months, like we've been recognizing some of the ones on the leaderboard tonight. But I want to, you know, talk uh, tonight specifically, and then I want to interview two of our ring earners uh, the next couple of weeks uh, about just their purpose and how being in the Legal Shield opportunity has helped them to discover what is about their business, what they're doing, what they have done, uh, what they will hope to do, because nobody ever was recruited in the legal shield as their why of saying, I want to recruit people and I want to sell memberships. Yes, that's what we do, but that's never why we get into the business. Uh, but what it does allow us to do is to find our purpose and whether that uh, is, you know, trips we take or money we can make to bless other people, to give to charities, nonprofits, uh, uh, et cetera, just to do whatever with that uh, and to give us the time freedom, uh, the flexibility that only this company or this opportunity can provide that I've seen uh, that doesn't require you maybe to keep a whole boatload of supplies and information like this. You know, that's really why we got involved and uh, I never thought in my wildest imagination that I would have the success that I had. Uh, but I, I appreciate the, um, the picture of the man that was put on that screen earlier because he uh, never went a couple of weeks without just giving me a call and encouraging me and thanking me for what I was doing. Uh, and, and I should have been thanking him for uh, not trying to get me to be a square peg in a round hole, but to do what I was put on this earth to do. As Mr. Stone Cipher said when, uh, you know, after he had the uh, unfortunate situation of uh, burying a, uh, his granddaughter uh, way back when they had that tragedy, and he said, you know, God spoke to him and said, do on this earth what you were put here to do. And that's really, to me, in finding our purpose, what this is all about. And so I know I was given the opportunity to share my screen. And so I want to try to do that briefly here, uh, the standpoint of uh, getting some uh, information here. My technological skills are, uh, leave a little to be desired. But let me see if I can go back and... Uh, share my screen here. Have y'all given me that capability? Uh, I think uh, that was... Yes, you, you, you can. Okay, let me go back over here, uh, share my screen and uh, be able to... Uh, and nothing is popping up, which it never does when you want it to. Well, I don't want to waste our time that we've got here. And uh, so I'm just going to go through some of my notes, kind of share with you uh, some of the slides that I did put out here and uh, go over some of the points that uh, I want to try to share with you about uh, 
the build the confidence to succeed. So I may have to take a few more notes instead of taking some pictures of some slides. But again, I know our time is limited. It is a holiday night and uh, I don't want to, to mess up this time we've got together. See if uh, open system preferences. That's what I'm doing here, guys and girls. So um, Jimmy, if you'd like, you can share those uh, with me later, and we can put them. We'll on do the that. Page yeah, we'll do that. And, yeah, and uh, and I just want to, you know, as I said, basically the, the title of my talk tonight is building the confidence to succeed because, you know, I want to focus on what what do we need to do? What kind of situation do you find yourself in? What part of the business? Because confidence is one of those, you know, game changing qualities. Uh, it's like rapport. It's like empathy. It's like courage. It's incredibly valuable, but it's highly elusive. Because as soon as we, you know, try to be confident, you know, we've already failed. You know, as soon as we act more confident, uh, we're already pretending. If you tell someone, you just got to be more confident, Jeremy or Stephanie. It's like telling somebody to be taller. You know, you just can't do that. But we need to approach confidence as a fixed quality to be attained. Or not as, excuse me, not as a fixed quality to be attained, but as a dynamic process to be engaged in throughout our lives. So, you know, what is confidence? You know, I had a wonderful picture here to share with you about that, about how we might not grasp totally what confidence really is, because uh, it's hard to pin down, but it's really an experience. It's both of ourselves and of other people. And it's also a quality that can be affected, protected, and, and, and projected to other people or it can be faked. And I want to talk about that as we get toward the end of that, uh, about how that can be somewhat detrimental to what you're trying to do. Because deep insecurity can masquerade as confidence, as often we see with embattled politicians in our uh, society today, trouble CEOs, struggling uh, uh, loved ones, and, and actually even nervous first dates, if some of you can remember those. Our confidence can appear quite strong, only to crumble in the face of struggle, criticism, or failure. And in these moments, it seems like confidence is nothing more than a fleeting feeling or a passing belief in our own power, a temporary reprieve between periods of self-doubt. So what is it really? In, in definition form, true confidence is a feeling of self-assurance. It's grounded in an authentic experience of our own ability, perspective, and sufficiency. Let me uh, share that with you again. True confidence is a feeling of self-assurance. It's grounded in an authentic experience of our own ability, perspective, and sufficiency. It's a stable connection to the fact that we can do what we want to do, feel how we want to feel, and be who we want to be in this world. But it's also a sense that as confident people, we are enough. We aren't lacking in some fundamental sense that prevents us from navigating the world in a healthy or a positive or a productive way. So I started thinking about the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. And when you get these slides sent to you later, you'll be able to see kind of a uh, uh, how we, we've shaped this up, how there's self-confidence and self-esteem kind of cross over each other. Because self-esteem refers how you feel about yourself overall, how much esteem, positive regard, self-love you have. Some people don't love themselves. They have difficulty with that. But and self-esteem develops from experiences and situations that have shaped how you view yourself today. But self-confidence is how you feel about your abilities. It can vary from situation to situation. Because I may have healthy self-esteem, but low confidence about some other abilities that I have. 
because when you, when you love yourself, your self-esteem improves and it makes you more confident. And I've kind of shared several negative, negative and naysayer tendencies that I wanted to highlight on because sometimes you've just got to get to a situation where you got to box out all the negative that comes into your life. We live in a world right now where negativity and naysayers run rampant. So I've just listed uh, several points here that I want to try to make sure you think about as you try to block this out of your life. Number one is maintain a clear vision. You got to make sure your compass is always pointed in the right direction because a clear vision also keeps you and, and keeps you grounded and keeps you centered. Uh, number two, keep haters in perspective. We've got to have a tendency to focus on the negatives. And instead of reflecting on all our successes and the countless votes of support and encouragement we might get, we tend to think so many times about those negative voices. So we got to block that out. Instead, highlight those bright spots. And number three, try not to focus on the extremes. Most of the time, we view anything less than perfect as being extremely bad. The truth is, there's a lot of gray area in between. And just because something is not perfect doesn't mean it's a failure or a worst case scenario. Number four, not everyone with a different viewpoint is a hater. While we view everyone with a different viewpoint as a naysayer, we're selling ourselves and them short. I had in the picture that you'll see when you get these slides sent to you, uh, there's a picture on this particular slide and I'm gonna say, what would you see here? Some people will see two people that are not being socially distant, staring at each other in the face. When you look at it more closely, you will see a chalice. It all depends on your perspective and not everybody from every viewpoint is a hater or is coming down negative against you. Number five, stop seeking negative signs from others. Many times we're hasty to jump to negative conclusions, especially when it comes to interpreting signs and communication or a lack thereof from other people. This is especially true in our present digital age where we have a tendency to send a short text or a reaction or we don't respond at all uh, instead of thinking it clearly. Because jumping to negative conclusions can cause us unnecessary worry, pain, frustration, and stress. Number six, don't apologize to haters. You may think they're going to go away if you apologize, but that's like adding fuel to the fire. To them, apologizing means they win. And not only don't they deserve that, it also means they're likely to heat it up even more. Number seven, don't let past hurts and fears influence your reaction today. Many of us on the call perhaps were bullied as a child, or some people may feel like through cyberbullying, they still deal with that or their children are dealing with that. But if you've experienced that, there's no question that insecurities can impact how you feel today when you basically are meeting with naysayers and they're bombarding you with their negativity. Learn to look at what's happening through mature, experienced adult eyes and not maybe those eyes of a child, either through your own children or reflecting back on those times when you were bullied. Number eight, identify underlying triggers to negative self-talk. To change the way you think, you have to be mindful of your thoughts instead of ignoring negative self-talk or blindly being a slave to it. Pay closer attention, document that. Write down the thoughts when they come to you and identify what is actually triggering those negative self-talk. Number nine, feel empathy for haters. Unfortunately, most naysayers might appear to be pathetic, sad, lonely people, 
who only feel something by bringing others down. We've all encountered these people. May seem odd, but try to lift them up. That doesn't say anything about necessarily doing what I said earlier about apologizing to them, but you may not understand what they're going through. Send them some positive vibes, some love, hope that things will get better. Number 10, we gotta laugh more. Quit taking life and yourself so seriously. Laugh more. It's hard to do that in 2020, I understand. But you gotta laugh at yourself. When you're serious all the time, it often results in negative and performance-oriented thinking. Number 11, be grateful for everything. With what we've been going through, I know we've had a difficult year in our household with my uh, spinal surgery just a couple of months ago and uh, Sherry's ongoing battle with uh, uh, cancer. You know, we practice gratitude every day. Every day is a gift. And we appreciate everything we have in our lives, from the roof over our head uh, to this company, the opportunity uh, gets us from A to B, daily struggles that, you know, refine us. We all deal with that. It's not just us. I'm talking about everybody on the call tonight. But we shift our attitude from selfishness and entitlement to one of appreciation when we focus on gratitude. Crazy thing is we begin to receive more of what we're grateful for because we've opened ourselves up to the idea of receiving instead of just taking. And lastly, keep a success file for those tough days. Some days are harder. Some days are much harder than others to deal with criticism. You know, these are the types of days when a success file comes in super handy. And what's a success file? It's a place where you keep positive, encouraging notes, emails, cards, letters, and the like. There are affirmations that can help remind you that the good far outweighs the bad so that it's, a, you know, basically it's a laughable situation and uh, understanding what, is, is, what it is out there that gives us opportunity to move forward, to de define and, and basically seek out our purpose. So how do we become more confident? What are some things that we basically can do? So it's a tough quality, as I mentioned earlier on the call, to pin down because it's more of a dynamic experience than a static trait. It's difficult to teach, but I'd like to show you several things, maybe some practical suggestions and mind mindsets that create some true self-assurance and put the pieces together that might create some true lasting and generalized confidence. I'm going to start with nonverbal communication. No matter how you speak, the way we feel about ourselves will always manifest in our posture, our gait, our hand movements, and our facial features. Now, what am I talking about? That's why body language is such an important part of strong first impressions. We've got to remember that people's impressions are made of us in microseconds, just as you make of other people in that length of time. Uh, they're made when they see us, not necessarily when we first interact with them. And since we can't control what happens, guys, we can't just turn our confidence on when we think we need it. We've got to internalize and embody it at every moment. So it becomes part of our observable presence wherever we go. So in thinking about that, it's important to think about those issues relating to your body language. But what about vocal tonality? That's a second practical point here. After body language, our voice is the most powerful organ of our confidence. Vocal tonality, which includes not just the physical quality of our voice, but our pitch. It's how we articulate words, syntax, volume, intention. They not only express, they also reinforce our innermost 
innermost use of ourself. And it's, it's also difficult to teach because you're talking about improving the dimension of confidence so that we can use it to enhance our self-assurance. Let me give you three key techniques of vocal tonality that you can just kind of focus on yourself. Number one is speak in statements, not questions. What are you talking about, Jimmy? Well, you're probably no, diff no, uh, no stranger to the high-rising terminal we call upspeak. And what am I talking about upspeak? It's the tendency to end our sentences with a rising pitch as if asking a question. And you may not realize what you're doing when you do this, but that would be if I said, well, hello, my name is Jimmy. Um, I'm applying for the field trainer position. Uh, I've been in Legal Shield for 21 years. And when we end like an upspeak or in a question type of situation, it's communicating doubt, uncertainty, informational disparity implied by a question. And most research in talking about upspeak today, if you look at any subject matter on this, it affects the way people look at us, our power, our authority, and kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's unfortunate because we're adopting this out of a spirit maybe of politeness. But one of the best ways to do that, to kind of circumvent that is to just do a visualization exercise. Kind of imagine a sentence as you're talking to someone as a hill, rising from the earth, peaking, and then sloping back down. So when we engage in upspeak, we stop at the top of that hill and we leave ourselves and the person to whom we're speaking in a subtle state of uncertainty. As you speak, impose the image of the hill on your sentence and commit to coming back down the other side of that slope. Now, not everybody deals with this, but if you do, you know who you are. And this is going to help the people you're, you're talking to or the audience you're speaking with rest in that declarative finish, that communicated confidence, and it further increases the confidence the more you speak. And also, we're talking about being able to articulate and enunciate your words. You know, the way we treat our words, uh, literally as they form in our mouth, it's a signal. It's a function of confidence. If you want to increase your confidence in conversation, commit to articulating and enunciating our words more emphatically. When we do, we communicate confidence to the people around us, teach our bodies to be more confident. That goes back again to the body language that we're exhibiting and, and uh, expressing to other people. And then I think we're all guilty of number three, and that is avoid the use of filler words like, uh, um, uh, so, uh, uh, and, uh, well, uh, uh, and I don't say you need to remove all of those from your vocabulary, but when you put a filler word in there, it undermines your authority because they become a crutch. We use it sometimes just to patch silence in the, in the conversation because, you know, sometimes people tell people, you know, they would rather not have silence. They feel like they've lost it. They can't stand silence in a kind of conversation because, we're subconsciously afraid that if we hand over the reins to the person to whom we're speaking, then we're going to lose control of the conversation. And we feel like we've got to be responsible for any gaps. But confidence can be trusting that our words and our simple presence are enough to be compelling. A helpful exercise to weed out these filler words is just record yourself in a conversation. Listen to it a few minutes a day. Every day for a week, notice how many times they come in or possibly someone on your team. Address that. Talk to them. You want to appear confident because we've got a wonderful product. We've got a wonderful opportunity. And sometimes these types of situations can impact us. So we're talking body language, vocal tonality, get those under our belts. But what about the uh, 
foundations of confidence. And this is what I want to talk about and focus on toward the latter part of the time together. And that is our authentic vulnerability. Because as much as some experts, ladies and gentlemen, argue that true confidence can be affected, that kind of superficial confidence built on acquired body language or forced vocal tonality, rehearsed scripts, and so on, it never creates true confidence because it's not you. It's never going to be authentic because authenticity at its core is a quality of just being yourself. You don't need to be Jimmy Parrish. You don't need to be Jeremy or Stephanie Moore. You need to be you. And being authentic means being emotionally honest, clear about your experience, clear about what's happened to you in Legal Shield, free of pretense. It means responding organically to every moment of your life, the positive as well as the negative, and not feeling the need to unnecessarily pretend, so to speak, about your feelings, beliefs, or experiences in any way. In everyday language, what I'm basically saying is you got to be real. And when you meet someone who is real, you feel like you're in presence of somebody exceptional. Because, of course, we're in the presence of true confidence. We feel that we're meeting ourselves. That is our best selves, and we can do that. Because authenticity transforms normal insecurity into grounded confidence. Because if you fake confidence, you're hiding insecurity, weakness, self-doubt. True authenticity owns the moment. It acknowledges yourself, pleasant experiences in a way that ultimately enhances your true self. Uh, if you acknowledge these parts of yourself require more than just authenticity, it requires you to be vulnerable, it requires you to open up and be exposed and to be seen as the people that you really are. Because when you combine the two, authenticity and vulnerability, you can become organically and honestly open to sharing our true experiences, even when those experiences make us seem insecure. They actually create, create true confidence. So why is that? Because honesty and openness are the raw stuff of true confidence. You think about people that, you, that mean something to you when they talk to you, it's because you feel like they're getting, you're getting their true and authentic self. Um, it allows people to see who we really are when we do that. And instead of offering up a substitute version of ourselves to hide the aspects of our personalities, we'd rather not show anybody else. But embracing who we are, we can relinquish control over how other people might perceive us, which you might think about is a classic hallmark of insecurities. I know recently uh, someone that if I called this person's name out, you would know them, but they went on Facebook on the Legal Shield page and said, I want to thank the company for recognizing me. And they listed these accomplishments. And, you know, and I guess, I don't know if it's generational with me, uh, J Jeremy and Stephanie or what, but I may have something like that, but that's not something that I'm going to do. I, people found out about my quarter million dollar ring, not because I told them, but other people that I spoke to privately blasted on Facebook. That's how my children, my grandchildren found out about it. When I had that happen four years ago, it was not anything that I put out there because, and I'm not saying that if you do that, that's, that's bad. That's just me. That's just not who I am. And, you know, if you boast about maybe some of the things that you've got there, it might give the impression that you're hiding behind something and, you know, don't, you don't want to sell yourself short. I'm not saying that at all. But when you're humble, you let people focus on yourself. Now, I know Jeremy's really pumped about this Saturday because OU football kicks off. And one of the things that I think about, I think about, you know, SEC kicks off two weeks later. And I remember back in my days at Alabama, and I follow Alabama football religiously, but I remember Bear Bryant talking to the players when they scored a touchdown, tossed the ball to the referee. Act like you've been in the end zone before. 
instead of just hot dogging it or throw it in the stands or doing all kinds of tricks, you know, act a little with a little bit. Don't have to boast about all your accomplishments. We know you scored. And I think about one of the world's greatest athletes that left us, you know, eight months ago, way too soon, Kobe Bryant. You know, he was one of the most not only successful athletes, he was a very successful entrepreneur. And he basically explained the transforming power of authentic vulnerability when he said, I have self-doubt. This is Kobe Bryant talking. I have insecurity. I have fear of failure. We all have self-doubt. You don't deny it, Kobe said, but you also don't capitulate to it. You embrace it. And basically what he's saying is he managed to authentically acknowledge and vulnerably admit to his insecurity, self-doubt, fear of failure, which only enhanced his grounded sense of self. And that's possible for each one of us. And that leads to the fourth thing. If you've been knowing where we're headed with this, you know, we talk about the body language and the vocal tonality and the authentic vulnerability. But the last part of this on how do you get confidence is a process-oriented mindset because it's, it's the practice of detachment. It's where you approach a situation without worrying about the outcome. You know, I remember, I know Nick Saban preaches at Alabama, don't, don't look at the scoreboard. We talk about it at Legal Shield, even enrollments in business situations or even in the opportunity with uh, networking. It's not about how many recruits you get. Are you doing the activity? Two to five exposures a day, five to 10 if you're full-time. If you do the work, you will have the recruits. You will sell the memberships, but it's not about how many you get. You don't need to keep score if you're doing the right activity because it's a process-oriented mindset. And as you're putting these principles together, this will all come together for you. It has for me. It has for others uh, that have excelled in both sides of the business because popular self-help usually treats, treats self-confidence as a static, goal-oriented quality. Either you have it or you don't. But true confidence, is in fact a process. There's an ebb and there's a flow. It accelerates, it decelerates. It takes hits and has to recover. It's always evolving over the course of our lives as we take on new situations, challenges, and goals. But one of the things that I'll talk about, and I may step on some people's toes here, but I've got the backup here to say, and that is process-oriented confidence that I'm talking about is the exact opposite of the fake it till you make it philosophy. Now, we've heard that before. I've heard that before at Legal Shield. While the fake it till you make it approach suggests we should pretend our way toward true confidence, the process-oriented approach suggests we should become our way to true confidence. Now, while faking it does play a small role in confidence, for example, inviting confidence into your body by using nonverbal communications, vocal tonality exercises we mentioned earlier until you get it, it never builds true self-confidence. One way or another, Simulating confidence will always create new problems. It's worth discussing a few of these before we wrap up. For one thing, faking it till you make it, it creates an inauthentic self. The supposedly confident person, which creates a division between the person you really are and the person you're pretending to be. At best, we become two insecure people. The true self, desperate for confidence, and the false self grasping at confidence in order to hide the true self. As a result, that false self creates new feelings of fraudulence and self-doubt that will sooner or later betray you when you need your confidence the most. Eventually, one of two things are going to happen. Either your, your, true, your false self will break down, revealing the unaddressed insecurities lurking beneath, or it will grow stronger and stronger, moving you further and further away from a healthy, 
and secure a sense of self. So the entire act of faking confidence will also become exhausting, confusing, and alienating as keeping up the appearance becomes the primary objective. And the fear then of being exposed as less than confident will only grow. And that in turn makes you double down on faking it in order to protect the false self, which further increases the cost of being exposed. It's truly a vicious cycle. So what I want to focus on as, as I wrap up the last few statements is a process-oriented approach. It means letting go of the impulse to pretend you're confident when you're not. It means accepting that our confidence will take hits from time to time. But if we authentically acknowledge when our confidence does take a hit, and then we put ourselves in a position to rediscover it, not by faking our way back into confidence, but by doing the work required to rebuild it. In practical terms, that means a few things. Putting time into our craft. You need to understand how to recruit and how to sell memberships. Number two, you need to invest in new skills. Number three, you need to repair relationships because on whatever side you need to be, repairing relationships that you can do helps you in this process-oriented approach. You also need to stick with difficult goals. Don't, don't quit on those. And most importantly, be patient as your true confidence steadily evolves because that's really the stuff of true and authentic confidence. And that's what leads to success. That's how we can work on our confidence without compromising our identities and values. And that's how we survive when our confidence takes a hit and how we can actually enhance our self-assurance when we struggle. That's how we become truly confident by committing to the life-changing process of simply being ourselves. And so I hope you'll think about that as you go out and start focusing on a short work week this week, some of the goals that have been focused on. I hope you'll join me next Monday night as we interview Deanne Foster, talk a little bit about what she's focusing on and uh, how Legal Shield is helping her uh, to define her purpose in two weeks from tonight when we have the same interview process with Ms. Cheryl Andagata. Jeremy and Stephanie, I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Well, fantastic job. Thank you very much, Jimmy. That was that was awesome. And it just kind of, I just want to remind everyone, all those notes, those slides that Mr. Parrish was, was, was speaking to us on, I will get those and, and post them on our team Facebook page so that you can match those up with the, with the appropriate notes that you guys took uh, tonight. Fantastic job. And, you know, and, and I was really excited when, when Mr. Parrish shared with me his vision uh, of this month. And that's, you know, the overall thing, and you know, it's something that pop offs instilled in me from day one the harder you work on yourself the it's amazing what happens in your business your relationships and everything else the harder we work on us and and what's what we're all fortunate as legal shield embraces that legal shield encourages us to work on ourselves uh, the harder we work on ourselves the better the business will will be um I still don't have the speaking down, but I speak Southeastern Oklahoman, but uh, I'll figure that out one of these days. But uh, anyway, guys, I uh, want to, uh, again, thank you so much, Mr. Parrish, uh, for pouring into us tonight. I want to encourage everyone to finish this week out strong Thursday night at midnight. Uh, shoot for those goals. Make that your goal. Uh, how many private Zoom calls can you get in between now and midnight on Thursday? Uh, that's a challenge. Take advantage of it. And I uh, want to also remind you guys of the new associate training that we're doing every Sunday night now. Every Sunday night, uh, this, you know, this is a holiday weekend, but we still had a good call uh, last night. Lots of new people, lots of good information, and uh, we're seeing a lot more activity 
from those new folks uh, as a result of that. And I just want to encourage you guys to make sure that your brand new associates are plugged into that on Sunday evenings. And with that being said, guys, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your uh, Labor Day. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Always put God number one in your lives, your family number two, and Legal Shield third. Everything else takes care of itself. God bless you and have a great week, everyone. Good night, everyone.